What makes a good relationship? Do you know how to be a good friend or a good partner in a relationship? Well, we're going to find out today because my guest today is a relationship expert, and he's going to answer all the questions we have about how to be a good friend and a good partner or mate in relationships. So sit tight. We're going to dive on in. Welcome to One Mike Night Podcast with Marcos Luis. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of One Mic Night with Juan Luis. If you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe. Go to the digital download play page. You can find us on all digital platforms. We're on iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, YouTube. Go to One Mic Night. One Mic Night is spelled O-N-E-M-I-C-N-I-T-E. Click the bell because you never know when we're going to drop another episode. All right? Today, I'm very, very excited. My guest today is a relationship expert. He is a nurse practitioner. He is a FNP, a BC, an NC, a BC, and we're going to find out what all that is later coming up. Please welcome John, Dr. John DeOka to One Mike Night Podcast. How are you doing, doctor? I'm doing very well. Thanks so much for having me. Good. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. I know you've got a lot going on in your schedule, and I appreciate your time. Can I call you Doc? <laughs> call me whatever you like. Is that Dr. Right? D, Johnny. Okay. I have many names. Many names. Okay. Well, listen, I have questions. First question is, who is John Dioka? I want to find out a little bit about you so we can know, you know, how you got into this. Yeah, so I am a nurse practitioner by background. I went to nursing school, worked several different clinical areas in nursing. Um, with not really sure kind of what I wanted to do, like what my area of expertise was. And I had actually became an FNP, a family nurse practitioner with the intent to practice in, in uh, dermatology and plastic surgery. So as I was doing all my training and doing all my work there, um, I did enjoy it, but more so like a hobby. And I kind of realized that underlying everything, unbeknownst to me, was I had this underlying passion for relationships. So I was, okay, what do I do now? I did all this training for becoming a aesthetic nurse practitioner. And how do I go about this? So what I did was, and this is the NCBC, I went to the American Holistic Nurses Association because nurses love letters after their names. And they had a certification called Nurse Coach. And that's what it is. NCBC Nurse Coach oh, Board okay. Certified. 
So, so, coach, so they specialize in, in doing what? In coaching. In coaching, just coaching. Yeah. I get mm-hmm. it. Okay. Yeah, because there's all these coaching associations out there and nurses felt that this is something that we do every day within the profession, whether it be health and wellness coaching, business coaching, nurses actually form their own certifying body for this profession, which I thought was lovely and a good career path for me. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's interesting because I never thought like I don't have any, you know, experience in therapy or any type of, you know, coaching um maybe uh, i mean i know a few life coaches but i never it never occurred to me that a nurse would have a you know groups or would form something like that so yeah i think what you'll usually see is with a lot of especially like life coaches relationship coaches therapists mm-hmm. usually they were inspired by their own trauma their own negative stories that they've gone through and i think that's what kind of happened to me and I worked with a therapist before I've worked, I've worked under several coaches and I kind of thought coaching was more so my area of how I could help people. Cause it's a little bit different. And I don't think people realize the difference between therapy and coaching. Okay. Could you, you want to explain a little, just a little bit of the difference? Yeah. So therapy is a really, really comprehensive service where you're focusing on past problems, the causes and the behaviors behind them. And it's very explorative where coaching is really like a solutions based kind of method of helping clients achieve their goals. So my clients come to me, they want to better their relationships because of this is all mental health related things kind of overlap, but I'm not like really going to explore with them why, um, they felt neglected as a child, unless it's necessarily something that we could discuss that's impacting their relationships now. And it's really future-based on like how the future is going to unfold for them. I see. I see. So let's talk about some of the different relationships, you know, people can have um, and why it's important. So I think just to start off, just on a day-to-day basis, having a relationship with people, what are your thoughts on that? What's the, what's the best and most effective way to do that? Well, for starters, I think the, I think we fail to realize like how relationships are crucial to our life. And when we think of relationship, we just think of our romantic partner, maybe a friend, but all these things kind of tie together and how we show up in relationships as a whole really impacts each and every relationship that we enjoy, face and come across. So, um, a lot of my clients will come to me for romance uh, advice and help, but like, we'll look at like, what are their work relationships like? What's their relationship with their self? How do they show up for their friends? And it kind of all blends together. I don't so know if that answered your question. Yeah, it does. It does. Mm-hmm. But relationships, I guess we should back up just a little bit. Relationship being defined as what uh, connection to oneself, another person, another thing. You know, yeah, like, I would I would say we could define a relationship as any kind of connection with ourself or another entity because you could have a relationship with a business, relationship with animals. So it's really a, just a connection between a person and another entity. What is what what is healthy? What is a healthy relationship? Would you would you say? I would define a healthy relationship um, as something that's mutual growth oriented and something that if it changes, it, the changes usually occur for the better, even if they're necess- they could be sometimes bad changes. So mutual, does it, 
is it always 50 50 or is it you know everyone giving you're giving i'm giving this you're giving that i'm giving this what's the what's mutual i think it i think the when i say mutual i really mean like a mutual like exchange almost of energy so it doesn't necessarily mean i give or i take but if you think about let's say a romantic relationship there's a mutual energy exchange of romance intimacy and so forth but now let's look at the the relationship between a boss and their subordinate it, the it's not the same like exchange of energy if you would say you know the subordinates reporting to the boss but there's a mutual understanding of what that what that connection looks like between those two parties mm, right so what what makes them detrimental or what's an unhealthy uh exchange of energy are there examples that you can yeah so i think to start generally speaking an unhealthy relationship is unresolved tension that keeps escalating you see this all the time and when i talk about relationships one thing i like to talk about the most is friendships mm -hmm. because what we have to keep in mind is people have different ideas of what these relationships look like so in the context of a friendship you know, I'm going to use you as an example, Marcos, like me and you could be friends. And let's say we've been friends for two years and I feel close to you. Does that necessarily mean that we're best friends? Maybe you're maybe you're my best friend, but I'm not your best friend because mm -hmm. you have all these other relationships that are a priority for you besides me. And maybe I don't have as many friendships. So I think getting very clear on what you need and whatever type of relationship is makes it healthy. And when you're not kind of clear and you're kind of almost like in a victim mentality of whatever the detriments of that relationship is, is kind of what makes it uh, a negative relationship. Okay. Are, are there similarities in, uh, I guess, different types of relationships, meaning like friendships? Are you the same in a friendship when you're in a romantic relationship or is that sort of a through line with a person or? I wouldn't say you're necessarily the same. However, you show up in a similar way. So let's, you're not going to be the same in a romantic relationship as you're going to be in a friendship. But based on what that friendship means to you, how are you going to show up? Because there's people that are in committed romantic relationships and, you know, friendships and that, and they're almost running on autopilot where like these relationships are just happening to me and I'm not necessarily conscious, empowered, or putting any, anything specific into it. I'm just kind of, you know, going with the flow and the day-to-day -day of what whatever hits me, hits me, where you get more fulfillment when you're more conscious of where you're putting your energy and your attention to. So showing up and being present. Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's, let's skip to relationships. Mm -hmm. If you're in a relationship and you're struggling to make connections, what are some of the things we can do to help help us find a good relationship or, you know, make those connections with other people. And I think that's where it all starts from the relationship you have with yourself. What kind of internal work, internal dialogue you have going on. I think the most rewarding relationships is when you're very clear on what you want and those relationships are meeting those needs. What I see happening most often is that one, I will do a little background that we're wired for connection. So I, loneliness is not something that sits well with people. But at the same time, when you when you 
when you're embracing that time in solitude, you learn so much more about yourself and it allows for you to get the things that you want in relationships. So I'll give you an example. Like if you feel that you're in a romantic relationship and you need some level of consistency, one thing is like, what does that look like? Does it look like someone that you're interacting with every day? Does it look like something you're going to build up to? Does it, what are the conversations like? Are they kind of, are they on the shallow end or are they deep and substantive? All these things is like requires that alone time to kind of figure out what you want and what works for you. And also the, the bad experiences we have help teach us what we want as well. So we don't want to really avoid connecting with others in search of like that perfect relationship, whatever it may be. So do you think it's important for um, us to spend a lot of, to spend time, I, don't, I wouldn't say a lot, but time to get to know ourselves first before we make those connections or before we're able to make those connections mm-hmm. with other people and other things? Right. And I, I don't, there's no remedy for right. friction in relationships. Mm-hmm. So when you find yourself dealing with adversity in whatever relationship you have in front of you, really touch on why is it making you uncomfortable? Is it like an unrealistic expectation you may have? Or are you unrealistically looking at what that relationship may be? So in that case that I mentioned with you and I, if it's almost a one-sided friendship, just because we have, we're coming at it with two, dis, uh, two different perspectives, these are times to also you know, engage in the conversations with our counterparts to get some clarity. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I've heard some people say that they, <laughs> when looking for uh, a mate, that they make a list of qualities that they're looking for. Is that something you advise? I do. I, I advise making the list of what you're looking for, but also to look, once you make that list, to look at the why. You know, I, I, I see especially for the clients I see for romantic purposes. You know, I think society has this wired to approach almost the first date, like we need to have that rush. And I think that rush feels great and I'm, I'm not saying anything against it, but that rush isn't gonna dictate the longevity of the relationship. So when you're looking at a relationship and you want something that's long and sustaining, these are some things to consider as you're making that list and to look at, well, why do I want whatever characteristics on here, whether it may be height, a feeling, anything like that, just get really, really clear on your why. Right. I think that a lot of times, you know, when you're searching for a relationship and say you go on a date, I think the initial thing that we're looking for is that sexual attraction, which is sort of like a lust almost. Mm -hmm. You know, but upon the, the second meeting, how do you feel? Is it still there? You know, you've gone beyond the, the, the physical or the, you know, sexual part of it. Do you still have some sort of bond or, or, you know, connection, you know, there? Well, I think there's chemistry and I think there's connection and I think they're two different things. And I think the blend of them helps with a relationship, but it's the connection piece that's really going to show the sustainability. You know, the chemistry is like, I see a person, you know, chemicals go off in my brain. And what's tricky here is that this feels so good, but at the same time, it's activating receptors that will 
almost restrict your thinking. So you may let things be overlooked because it feels so good that you know in the long term it's not going to work for you. True. How important is communication in a relationship? Where do we go with that? I think it's super, super critical. Mm -hmm. Um, And also to kind of determine what like your partner's communication style is. So, you know, I think some people need some space, especially if there's some conflict to like process their thoughts and return to it. Some people want like immediate resolution when they're in conflict and navigating all these kind of styles and also kind of just what to say too when you're in heightened emotion, very, very critical. Now I want to go to, I took a look at your social media. You had a couple of things on there. One of which I touched on, you know, mm-hmm. uh, already, which is the butterflies after the first date is sort of the lust and uh, the butterflies after many dates, you've created a bond. And I think that's important, you know, not just in, in, in romance and relationships, you know, uh, looking for a mate, but that's important. Sort of the second part is important in just building relationships in general. Where do you connect? How do you connect? You know, what can I do to make a relationship and, you know, be authentic to myself and what I do, but also be able to get along with someone and that, you know, that's in the workplace or just as friends. Um, the other thing you had on there, which caught my eye was uh, you can't really be who you are until your words uh, align with who you say you are. How important is that in a, in a relationship? How important is it to be truthful and honest? So I think going back to what I said earlier, where I feel like most of us are approaching relationships on autopilot, mm-hmm. I think we're so embedded in our own emotional experience. We don't necessarily know what's coming across or how we're coming across. So I see this all the time, both in my professional life and in my personal life, where people really think they're coming across the way. So like, I know I'm an honest person, but like, let's say their actions aren't necessarily matching their words because I think the intent there is for them to be honest, but it's not being executed in that way. So that's why I also think like that alone time and that reflection kind of gives you observations on uh, how am I showing up to this relationship and is what I'm saying really holding true? And I think it was uh, a therapist that I really, really have been following for a long time, Dr. Venus Nicolino. One piece of advice she said that really struck with me is for for her clients, and I tell my clients this too, throughout the various relationships, you know, when you feel comfortable and you feel like the moment is right, asking the person, how is it that you receive me? And give them the space to see what they say. Interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Wow. I never thought about that. That's a good one. Yeah. And I think there could be some challenges with that and that, you know, people may be caught off guard by that question. They may not be ready to openly, but if you're doing this routinely, it's not, I wouldn't say it's something you test out. It's more something you build into your social routine to see what kind of feedback you're getting and then reflect on that and see what changes can be made, if any need to be made at all. Right, it definitely opens the lines of communication so that you know that what you're doing, um, how the other person perceives it 
because mm -hmm. it's all sort of perspective. Mm -hmm. and that's, you know, in uh, amorous relationships and just workplace relationships too. Just both. Absolutely. Interesting. You think that um, relationships uh, worry or, or depend on, you know, what people think about themselves, body image, um, you know, can we be effective in a relationship when we feel certain ways about ourselves? You know, we feel less than or we feel like something's not right with us. Well, so I will say this. There's a spiritual component of relationships that I really believe holds true. And it really comes to do with, I want to say like along the lines of like law of attraction of type, law, law of attraction type stuff, but like our external world is reflecting back to us some of our innermost, deepest beliefs, feelings, experiences. Yeah. And this is why you see people go through consistent patterns in their relationships. So if they're constantly dating someone that's emotionally unavailable, the underlying theme there may be that the people or my partners that I, that I really love don't show up for me emotionally. That could be the underlying belief. So that's why I think pattern recognition is so important and not just in romance in friendships too. Like, do you always feel slighted? Like you are the one putting in all the work. What's the underlying belief that could be there? Is it that I need to put in the work to keep these friendships that people can't put in work towards me? And I've had my own personal experiences with this stuff. I know what myself um, working in the plastic surgery area for quite some time, I had my own body images. And it wasn't until I came clear on who I was and like how I looked, where I felt my outer world transition into how my romantic partners were showing up for me, the feedback I was getting, even so the compliments. So I, I really do hold, I do, I, I really do find that this stuff holds true. Right. I think that's interesting too, because even just on my personal level, you know, working in entertainment and working in media, you know, how do you look? How do I, am I fit? Am I, you know, I'm going for a leading man role. Am I in shape? You know, like all these things that you have to go through, you know, to, to figure out if you're good enough, if you, you know, and how I'm feeling about myself when I show up for an audition, you know, do I have a nice haircut? Do I look, you know, it's a lot. It, it, it weighs a lot on you. Do you constantly need feedback from people to say, you know, oh God, you look great. You're handsome. And I think now social media plays a huge role in that. Huge. Right. Everyone's trying to put forth their best, the best of everything. Right. And it's not leaving any room for flaws. You know, we are flawed human beings. Right. We have the opportunities to grow and change and everything like that, but we're always going to have our flaws. And there is this social media concept that's like perpetuating perfectionism amongst us and it's kind of disconnecting us from each other so relationships where someone may have a characteristic that you may not necessarily not want but something that i wouldn't necessarily walk away from a relationship for but when you have the ongoing like oh i could just easily find the next person like i think it kind of leads to detrimental relationships right and I think that goes back to what I was saying before about, you know, is it important to have a list of things? You know, you have a list of qualities for someone you're looking for as a mate or a spouse, and you figure out what's important. 
okay, this person doesn't have that, but they have this. This is what's important to me, listening to me, being intimate with me, um, you know, showing up when I need when I need you mentally, those type of things that are important to you. Or on the flip side, if some someone's into just the way you look, you know, I need an arm piece. You know, so you have to figure out what you what what's important to you in your list of things. And this is where people could go wrong sometimes when they're just chasing that chemical attraction because it doesn't leave room for that because it's like, oh, I'm really into them. I got to have them. I got to have them. I got to have them. And so those feelings wear down and it's like, do I even like this person that I'm in a relationship with anymore? Right. When it's all said and done, do I like this person? Mm -hmm. You know, what are they bringing to the table with me? And people get caught in this pattern of where, all right, well, the spark has died, so I'll go in and get the next spark. And then 10 relationships later, you're not necessarily fulfilled in your romantic life because you never really got what you wanted. But that one feeling of chemistry that doesn't sustain. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Is there any advice you give to people to help build healthy relationships? Yeah, I my starters mm-hmm. is all internal work. And I, I mentioned... Um, taking some time in solitude to focus on what you want, but also like those challenging times in relationships where let's say maybe you're dating someone, it's new, and you're worried that the person's not calling back. Why are you so worried that someone you just met isn't calling you back? Like what's the investment there? So what I use that, what I meant by the example is to kind of pay attention to what doesn't feel right. What thoughts do you have going on in autopilot in your mind? If you're running around with the thought like all men cheat, why? I don't know if it's if it's right to even bother dating at this point because you kind of need to limit that. You got to get rid of that self-limiting belief at this right, point because yeah. you're going to keep attracting partners that will cheat on you. And also, why do you have that? Like because you're ex- a lot of times we see like external circumstances dictate what's we're going to experience. So if, you know, all my siblings got cheated on, therefore I'm probably going to get cheated on too. And it doesn't really work like that unless you have, unless you make it work like that. Do you have any advice for people who are, I mean, it's along with what you just said, but so yeah, single people who are looking to make the connection, how do they go about it? What would be the first thing they do? Um, specifically, what would be the first thing that, you know, they keep meeting or they keep chasing someone who's not good for them. Well, where do you start? Any single people looking to get into a relationship, how how ready are you? Are you ready in that, like, you're almost looking to explore, like, what works, what doesn't, you know, be optimistic about it, not have your past baggage interfere with your future connections? Or do you just not want to be alone? Mm. And get very clear on what your dating purpose is, because, you know, not all of us are looking for this committed relationship right now. Some of us want to have fun and that's okay. So get clear on what your purpose is. Are you looking to understand yourself more? Are you looking to just have some free fun or do you want that long lasting commitment? I think where people go wrong is I think most of us do want that long lasting commitment, but you kind of need those other two phases in your relationship life too, to see kind of where you're at and, Use these, you know, opportunities as development for learn to learn. Right. And, and you have to also, yeah, like you said, you also have to communicate with the other person involved because if they're telling you that they're not ready for a relationship, but you continue to pursue it, 
you know, for your own purposes, thinking that somewhere down the line, they're going to want to be in a relationship with you. Nine times out of 10, it doesn't really happen because it always goes back to what they said. I told you I didn't want a relationship. So right. it's opening, opening lines of communication and listening to what the other person tells you. Right. And I think, you know, there's elements of hope, which I would, me personally, I would never discourage someone or take away from their hope in a connection. Connections shift all the time, but you still have to operate with an element of realism. And I think this is where like our own fantasies, attractions kind of cloud our own judgment. That doesn't mean that these aren't possibilities, but they might not be possibilities right now. Right. One of my clients recently um, had an experience where he was on a date and literally told someone he's not the person to make the first move. And the guy was asking him when he's going to make the first move. So it's like you, you have to be able to listen to, right. to what the other person is, how they're showing up and seeing how that unfolds. Interesting. Where are we right now in the world of COVID? I mean, you know, even just for the past few years before that, there was a lot of online dating and, you know, meeting people through websites. <laughs> How does that, you know, what kind of relationships or where do you go with that? Where do you begin with that? You know, what I like about online dating and even the pandemic is with, with romantic relationships specifically, it creates the space to develop more of an emotional bond and really understand the person. You know, my clients that go and um, go on online, an app or whatever the online platform is, even if it was like social media, what I tell them before they get on the date, have a phone call, talk on the phone for an hour or two. It'll really give you a lot of insight into the person that you're going to sit down and you know, have dinner or drinks with or anything like that. And then you really could develop from there before you kind of having that potential to get caught up in that physical, that physical connection, which is just really when you think about it, like romantic relationships, it's all like a piece of pie. So that physical attraction, sexual, it's, it's all it's just one piece. There's other pieces that are going to make that pie a whole pie. Well, that's the hope for the future, right? <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking time out and uh, bringing us around and bringing us up to date with the uh, relationships. Let everybody know where we can find you. And you, I think you have something coming up, too. You Are you dabbling in the uh, maybe the podcast world as well? I am. So I am in the process of creating podcasts. I am super, super excited about it. It's going to be called Real Love. And it'll probably, I would say, more likely towards the end of the year. People could find me on Instagram at The Relationship Prescriber and check me out online at my website, therelationshipprescriber.com. I'm actually, for the month of September, I'm doing free consults for any new clients. So please reach out to me. There you have it. Everyone, please make sure you follow Dr. John DeOka. Got it right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> On his Instagram, go to the website, find out all the information you need to know, get the free consultation. And then later on this year, follow him on the podcast. I know I will be because we all need help in relationships and work and everything else. My name is Marco Luis. You can find me on all social media at Marco Luis, M-A-R-C-O-S-L-U-I-S. And you can find us at One Mike Night, two podcasts, One Mike Night Talk with screenwriter 
can't speak today, screenwriter and actor Ashley Elizabeth Green and myself, and this one, One Mic Night Podcast. And you can support this podcast by going to anchor.fm to the One Mic Night page and show us some love. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. See you next time. Bye. Everybody.